turn around and look at somebody and say, you know, you got it. You got it. You know, I got to tell y'all something, church. I, I <clears throat> and I, I just got a lot of things to talk about tonight. But anyway, uh, I was down there in, in Alamo, Texas, preaching this weekend for Sister Annie. Fifty years, uh, 50 years ago, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the middle of a, a convent. She was a nun and, and living in Victoria, Texas, got baptized in the Holy Ghost and and her whole world changed. Eventually, many, many of the, the, the sisters in the convent were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she went out teaching and preaching, and God did miracles and signs and wonders and all kinds of great things from her life there, and she started a, a little, what they called a coffee house, and she got people saved and just did the, the gospel and been doing that forever. Now we were down there celebrating, have this celebration, 62 churches in Mexico, have been started by her work and what's going on. Uh, still going on today. People are blessed. Just had a conference uh, down in the state of Oaxaca with 500 pastors coming out of all the the jungle, basically, uh, and uh, going in there. And, and, and uh, Pastor Marcos has headed that up, and 500 of them. Now, you know, the things that amaze me, is how God does things. You know, I, I wrote a book on the Holy Spirit uh, years and years ago. I bet I didn't sell 100 copies in English. And uh, kind of discouraged about it, you know. And then Sister Annie read it, and she said, can I translate this in Spanish? And I said, well, you can do whatever you want to with it. I said, nope. You know, I was had a bad attitude. And I said, yeah. I said, ain't nobody ever read a thing anyway. I said, you can do whatever you want to with it. And so she translated the thing in Spanish. And then started sending it out into all the churches, and they were using it as teaching material because she liked the way I wrote it, that it was easy to, to teach Sunday school lessons, discipleship, all this kind of stuff from it. And, and you know, over the years, we've printed, I don't know, thousands of copies and sent to her. And then I kind of just gave up on it, didn't think she was using it anymore. And then she tells me when I get down there, she's got this new copy machine that they bought. They didn't buy it. They leased it. And they lease this copy machine, and they're just running off copies of that thing, copies of that thing, copies of that thing, sending stuff out there. And I said, why didn't you tell me you were doing this? I mean, I would financially help you with do this, and you didn't tell me you were doing this. She said, oh, I just wanted to do it. And so I said, well, that's ridiculous. So I came back and wrote them a year's check for all the cost of the machine and everything they had to do to do it for it. But uh, thousands and thousands of, 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 of books going in there that I never even knew about. Then I'm in the service, and a lady, I mean, a, a, a a uh, person comes up to him and tells me, he said, yeah, I thought, it, thought you'd enjoy this. He said, I was, uh, one of our young men was going out to work and uh, there was a new guy on the job. And so he was going to evangelize him. And so he starts talking to him about Jesus. And the guy said, hey, are you a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. He said, oh, I didn't know, you know, so they start talking. He says, yeah, I'm a Christian. And he said, well, where do you go to church? And he said, well, I don't really go to church. I hadn't really found a church. He said, I just listened on the radio. We're talking about the radio broadcast which we don't even get around here. And he said, we, he said we, I listened to this guy somewhere up in, somewhere up in the hill country, and, and uh, this guy's like, what? He says, yeah, so I don't remember what the name is, something about water. And he says, are you talking about the water hole? And he said, yeah, that's it, the water hole. And he said, you talking about Pastor Richard? He said, yeah, Pastor Richard, that's who I listen to. I listen to him all the time. I've been listening to him for years on the radio. And that's, you know, he's, I consider him my pastor. And he's like, are you kidding? He's going to be in church Sunday, you know what? 
So I just like blows my mind. I'm like, really? I mean, somebody was actually listening. <laughs> and so then uh, church gets ready to get started, and a lady comes out of the congregation. And I, I know her. I don't know, know her real close. She's just a member of the congregation. I've seen her there for years. And she comes up to me and said, I just wanted to tell you, I, just, I really enjoyed the podcast this morning. I said, what? And she said, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast every morning as my Sunday school before I come to church here at Bethany. I said, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm thinking, man, I was coming home rejoicing over that. And uh, Laura says, you've got to hear this. You've got an e uh, email that someone sent in. And this person attended Living Waters Church when she was a teenager and uh, says in the, in the email that she got saved full of Holy Ghost. And then their situation changed and she left. And, you know, I, I mean, they hadn't been here for years. And uh, live off up in North Texas. And all these years, she's kept following what's going on here at the church and following the podcast. And then so she introduced her husband to it, and he listens to it. He gets saved, and then he introduces all his friends to it. And she says, I just want you to know there's a whole big, large section up here in North Texas that are really just love you and listen to you. And I'm like, really? What? So I went down there to encourage them, but I came home encouraged, just like all these testimonies I was hearing. Because it's like, man, God, you're doing something. And I know, you know, I know God just did that so that I, you know, because you got to understand, we've been doing radio for 15, 20 years with, yeah, never, never having a response. You know, a little bit here and there, but I'm just so hard-headed. I just know I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do, so I just won't quit. So apparently... It's having an effective work, whether we realized it or not. Same thing with the podcast. It's doing what it's doing, doing it. So. so anyway, we won't have it ready this Sunday, but next Sunday, we're, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to do our first live stream service. So it's going to be a little different because I can't move. Yeah. No, it's that our bandwidth from here in, you know, the land that time forgot and the place we live, where our bandwidth for internet is so small, we can't do multi, multiple camera shots because you can't the, handle the, it can't handle the bandwidth. We just upgraded to the, like the biggest, like we just went like, I don't know how much, how you'd figure it. We went we're like 30 times higher than we were and we're still not even at, we're just going to, we're going to make it. We're just going to think we think we can ooch something out. But I just don't know what's going to go on with all this coronavirus and everything that's going on. I don't know if people are going to stay home. I don't know what's going to take place. But we're going to shift for the next few weeks to a live service. So, you know, it'll, we'll, just, we'll just do it. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. I think I can harness myself back here and try to, try to preach and see what's going on. But I feel like... There may be people that, that don't want to attend service, and I'm trying to, I want you all to understand this and hear this tonight, that be it according to your faith, okay? They're telling us not to assemble, but I will be, tell you honestly within my heart, I'm having church Sunday morning because I cannot not do it. Amen. I just can't not do it. I, 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 there's no way I can look Jesus in the face and, and not have church, okay? But we're going to have some options, okay? Now... Something we've not really announced a whole lot. 
Uh, because, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say why. I haven't announced it a lot. But anyway, we have also have a, a, a broadcast station here. So you actually can come, drive up, sit in your car, turn the dial to 87.9 and FM, FM station, 87.9, and sit in your car and hear the broadcast live. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Has something to do with pirates? <laughs> uh, it was by accident. Yes. The truth of the matter is we put, the, we put this radio station up because the security team outside can't hear the broadcast, can't hear the service. And I thought that wasn't right. So we put this thing up so that our people in the parking lot and the, that are doing our security would be able to sit in their trucks and whatever and hear, the broad, hear what's going on in church and hear the message because I didn't think that was right that they'd be out and have to sacrifice and not be able to hear the message. But somehow or another in the place we sit and the way we put this thing up, God blessed us and... Uh, goes a whole lot farther than our parking lot. And so, technically, it's not supposed to, but it does. And so I count it the blessing of God. So, uh, so I don't, you know, I don't know exactly where everyone lives, but, you know, I'm, every, I'm, what I'm saying is your location, you know, there may be a hill that stops it or something like that, but still, it goes out there a long ways, and you can hear it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen the next couple of weeks. And so I'm just kind of, I'll get into my message here in just a minute because I'm just trying to tell you, when I was preaching down there, I said something out of my mouth in the middle of preaching, and then I thought, hmm, that sounds interesting. And I was telling, I was encouraging them that what, whatever was coming, you know, to the valley and what they were going to be faced with, that, you know, you're just going to have to follow God, you're just going to just get inventive, and you're just going to, I said, and, and you may come up with a, and I just said it out of my mouth, a window ministry. And everybody's like, What? And I said, a window ministry, you know, you just, the person's sick in the house and you just go up to their window and lay hands on them and they can put their hand on the other side because you got glass between them and you just pray and God heals them right there. Amen. And then I thought, that's not a bad idea. When I said, when got back, was driving home, I was thinking, yes, that just might work. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know if people come up and they're in their cars and they need ministry, we may have a window ministry going on. So we're going to need all of our prayer team, you know, on, on point. And we're going to need to see what's going on because if people come up and they're in their cars, but they need prayer, well, then we're going to go out there and lay hands on their window. Let them put it on the other side and believe God for miracles. You say, Pastor, you're going out of your mind. I know, but these crazy times, man, we got a disco flow and do it. Peter could just walk by and his shadow heal people. I don't know why we can't get it through the window. You know what I'm saying? And so we're just going to have to just adapt you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a military, there's a military something, a military saying about, about a, a certain group of people and they go out there that they have to, you don't know what the mission is. You just have to adapt. And what is, what is it? Come on, come on, you military guys. What am, am I just out of nuts or improvise, adapt and overcome? That sounds like three good words to me. You just kind of have to do it. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to figure out what's going on. On maneuvers or whatever, you know, you're just going to have to figure out what's going on. We're just going to have to look at the situation. We're going to have to deal with it. And there at the moment, get it done. Amen? 
because this is time for the church to shine. So what I'm saying to you is I want to suggest to everyone that number one is if you're sick, don't come to church. Call me or get in your car, drive over, and we'll have window ministry, okay? Uh, if you're around somebody that's sick, I suggest don't come to church. I, I, I suggest in the next couple of weeks that if you have a compromised immune system, you know, you know your immune system's not good, not strong, I suggest you come to either car church outside and let's go lay hands on your window and pray for you and get you built up and through this time because I don't, I believe it's, I believe that according to what everybody else is saying, they're saying it's going to get worse before it gets better, but I believe that we can see it get better before it gets worse, but we've got to get at it. And the worst thing to do is stay at home in fear because you're going to really get yourself in trouble. Okay, the devil will have a field day in your brain. And so this is what I'm saying is we're going to have to get the word out. We're going to have to talk to people. Today is the day uh, to be a real Christian. And if you have six rolls of toilet paper, you may need to share one. Today is the day that we have to call our neighbors and find out really what's going on. Do you need something? Do you need some food? Do we need to go? They can't, maybe they can't stand in the shopping lines. All right? Maybe they don't know what they, you know, what they can get. and They're discouraged or whatever. We need to be Christians. Now, you know, I, again, I don't know how to set anything up, right? Because... It wouldn't do us any good to man people here at the church in the fellowship hall to be manning be there because that person may not even be coming to the fellowship hall or being able to drive because they're your neighbor and they're over somewhere else, wherever you're around. It's going to have to be us finding them, checking on them, looking for them, making phone calls, finding out what's going on. If you don't have the resources to do it, then you need to get hold of us so that we can see how we as a corporate group can gather the resources to get that person blessed. All right? I'm already talking to some people about food and other things, uh, you know, that, that we may could bring in to help people or whatever. And so we're look, I'm looking at options, but you, it's going to take y'all. Y'all are going to have to be. We didn't learn for the last two, three months about divine healing and what the power of God was and what's going on for us not to be doing something with it, right? This would be just like going out and buying a new gun and never shooting it. Nobody does that. So you have some new knowledge, and it's time to go out and use it. It's time to go pray for people. It's time to, to, to call people. It's time to make sure that, that I'm going to what the Bible says. It's your neighbors, right? Your church family, the first ones that we look, we look to, to see what they need, and then whoever else God puts in your path, all right? And... Uh, People are scared right now, and they need a word of faith. That's why I'm not going to quit preaching. There's enough bad news out there. They need to hear something from uh, someone that's going to give them some good news, whether it's me or you or whatever. It needs to be some good news. It doesn't need to just be stand strong and see if you can make it through this. No, it needs to be the power of the word of God going forth and setting people free. All right? So let me show you this in Scripture. So get your Bible out. And go to uh, start off in Numbers, book of Numbers 16. I found this scripture years ago when I was reading my Bible and the Lord just leaped it out in my heart and I've kept it. It's one of my confession scriptures all the time. 
And it's in the book of Numbers 16. Uh, it's about the story of the rebellion when uh, Korah and all his bunch were rebelling against uh, Moses and everything was going on. The ground swallows everybody up. Start over in verse 41. So this is after the ground has swallowed everybody up. It says, on the next day, the congregation, the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron saying, you killed the people of the Lord. Now it happened when the congregation had gathered against Moses and Aaron that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting and suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. And, the, and Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of meeting and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, get away from among them, this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. So Moses and Aaron, Moses said to Aaron, take the censer and put in it from the altar, put incense on it, take it quickly into the congregation and make atonement for them. For the wrath has gone out from the Lord and the plague has begun. And Aaron took it as Moses commanded and he ran into the midst of the assembly. And already the plague had begun among the people and he put in the incense and he made the atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, so the plague was stopped. So all the, you know, so many times in, when, you, when you read in the Old Testament, it's talking about incense, and then you carry it over into the New Testament, it's the prayers. The incense is the prayers of the saints. So here goes Moses and Aaron. He sends him out in the middle, and, you know, I don't know what this plague looked like, but, you know, apparently it's killing them pretty fast, and it's just coming through the group, and Moses runs in the middle of it, drops the incense in there, and as soon as the incense went up, it stopped it. But Moses, I mean, Aaron was standing there in between the dead and the living. And what I believe we have to do and what God's calling us to do at this moment is to do that, that we have to stand between the dead and the living. We have to stand between the plague coming and the people that are going to get saved. Because, folks, I'm telling you, whenever there's fear, what's the opposite of fear? It's faith. And whenever a person gets out of fear, they're going to go into faith and they're going to give their hearts to Jesus. I see this as the greatest opportunity to get people saved that's come upon this, the, 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 this nation a long time. And I believe people are hungry. And if a person doesn't want to receive it, then just like I've taught you before, then shake off the dust on your shoes and go to the next one. And you just keep going. Uh, Frankie just telling me a story uh, about the, they were out in San Antonio eating and the, the, the waitress there and they said, can we pray for you? He said, oh, yes, please. Because see, people are hurting. They're looking for miracles. Today's the day to be bold as a lion. Today's the say, I got the answer. I was over in New Valley today, and people were asking me, are you going to close your service? Are you going to close church? Are you going to close church? Are all the churches over here shutting down. Are you going to have church? And I looked at them and said, I can't. I can't. I can't close the doors. I cannot not be in the pulpit on Sunday morning. I said, I'm sorry, but Jesus has done too much for me. Amen. For me not to be telling people the good news of the gospel. And I'm just telling you, I'm gonna, we're going to believe God for miracles. I believe he's a miracle worker. I believe we need to be wise. I believe that we need to watch what we're doing. I believe we need to be cautious. But I also believe that we've got to preach the gospel. Amen. And we have to. It's the only answer. They have no, they have no cure for, for the coronavirus. There's no cure. Right? The doctors say there's no cure. Isn't that right, Dr. Brown? You can't, there's no pill for it. There's nothing you can take. There's nothing out there. There's no substitute. It's Jesus. That's it. Right? And so the church has not had enough power in it for so long that people aren't thinking about that. But it's time for it to change. And so we're in the midst of it. 
And so y'all have to be the ones that carry the incense pan into the middle between the living and the dead and watch God move. That's y'all's job. Now let me show you another part of this. Go to the book of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 5, 13. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but thrown out, <clears throat> trampled underfoot by men. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's another scripture that's always been, 16 has always been dear to my heart. And I've always prayed that for so long. Lord, let my light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you, O Father in heaven. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see him. Amen? Yeah. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see him. And so right now is not a time for us not to be salty. Right? Right now is not a time for us to be dim. Now's the time for us to be bright. So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And I'm telling you, there's something on the inside of us that needs to snap. I know you guys, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are great people. Y'all are great Christians. And I know you, but I just believe that there's something on the inside of you that's a switch that's just going to be flipped. I keep, I keep seeing in my mind's eye, and this is just me, this is just my imagination, but I keep seeing in my mind's eye like Jesus' finger on a, on a toggle switch, you know, just an off and on switch. And I feel like his finger's just on the switch, and all he's got to do is just go, and then, but I think you're the switch. I think you're the switch that he's going to flip on. And the only way he's going to flip that switch on us is by faith. So when you call your neighbor and you say, are you okay? Is everything all right? And they say, well, you know, I, I, you know I'm, I'm, I, I think I need some milk. I don't know if I want to have milk. You say, look, don't worry about anything. We're going to cover you. We'll, we'll make sure that you have milk. We'll make sure that you have food. We're going, to, we're going to come over there. I'm not going to get sick, and so I want to be able to take care of you if you do. Do you know what reassurance that can bring in people? See, people are disconnected. I hate this word. It's like, it's like it just like is boring in my brain. I hate the word socially, so, social distancing. There is something about that that just like, it is just like sticking me with a red hot poker. Social distancing. I'm like, we're already so social distant. Yeah. We need to be people that care about one another, and that's not socially distancing. No, no I, I'm, I know. If the person's standing there sick with the flu, you don't want to go up and give them a kiss. You know, you got to have wisdom. But this word social distancing just keeps driving me mad. Every time I hear it, every time they say it, every time there's somebody up there saying it, it is, I just, it's down on the inside of me. My fur just starts sticking up. Because everybody's doing it wrong. I mean, they've proved in a hospital, a person that's in a hospital bed that gets touched gets healed half as fast as the one that never gets touched. And so what I'm saying is, uh, you know, we don't want to social distance ourselves. You're not going to catch the coronavirus talking to somebody on the phone. Call them up. Talk to them. If they're sick, we're going to take care of them. We're going to monitor. People are alone. People don't have family. 
People don't have people around them taking care of them. Find those people. Talk to them. Say, hey, do you need something? You need some milk. Go be a Christian. Do it. You don't have the money for the milk? Call us. You don't, can't find the grocery? You, you can't find toilet paper anywhere? Man, we'll find a stash somewhere and raid their house, you know? <laughs> Sneak in there like bandits in the night, stealing rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> Hello? We just got to be those people. We got to be radicals. We got to just go out there and, you know, like I say, be radicals. But, you know, folks, I can tell you, I was raised this way. I was raised this way in the country. You always took care of your neighbors. You know, you did things together and you took care of your neighbors. It's something that's gone away that they think all left in the 50s. But we were raised this way. You just check on them and see what's going on. And so-and-so sick. Well, we're going to town. You call over there. You need some groceries. We'll go get you some groceries. We'll get them to you. You know, it's just the way it was. And that's all gone. Now, we're still blessed because we're in the country and we still have people that have known that and experienced that and can think like that, right? Making dishes for everybody and doing stuff like that, you know. We just, it just comes as a natural thing. City people, they don't know what's going on. They got nobody living in an apartment, don't even know who their neighbor is, right? Because they're scared to open the door because they've got to social distance themselves and they don't have any relationship with the person anyway. It's bizarre. It's bizarre to me. What was so funny was I went into that Walmart for two reasons. One, I want to see what it's like. And the other one is I needed something that I had forgot to pack. And the only reason why I needed it is because I went out and made a pig of myself with Sister Annie to at a Mexican food restaurant, ate too many enchiladas and tortillas and everything else, and my stomach hurt, so I wanted to go in there and get some baking soda. So I'm in there, and everybody else is just in total and complete chaos, shopping carts, all that. And finally, I asked one of the guys, hey, you have uh, baking soda? And then I realized he couldn't understand English, and so I said, spoke to him in Spanish, and he said, oh, you know, this is Asa. He said, oh, this is Asa. And I said, okay, so I go over there and go. Find it, and so I get it. So all I have is a bottle of water and a deal of baking soda. Everybody else is like panicked. just running up there trying to get it. So I'm like, can somebody check me out? I mean, it's 63 cents for this is all it is. I'll give somebody $5 if they just let me out, you know? But it's just people don't think. They just don't think like we do. But it's time for us to rise up and to be the lights that shine in the midst of the darkness, okay? So let me show you something else. So go to the book, um, first go to James 5, James 5, 15. It says, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committing any sins, he will be forgiven. If your trespasses, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wow. Okay. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly, and it did not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. He prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I believe James put that in there for the simple purpose of explaining to each and every one of y'all that Elijah had nothing more than you do. That he's saying that Elijah prayed and it didn't rain, and if he can pray and it doesn't rain, then you can pray. But he says the effective and fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. In other words, how could it be an effective prayer if you don't even believe it's going to work? Now you remember this, because I've taught you this, Jesus didn't pray long prayers. 
You may just walk up to the deal, lay your hand on the deal and say, I'm believing in the name of Jesus, be healed. That's all it takes. If that's your effective and fervent prayer. Okay? You can say all the other comforting words you want to if you're so inclined to. It doesn't make any difference. But I'm saying, just don't get, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay? So he says, the effect of a firm prayer is a righteous man of El much. He tells us that Elijah was a man just like you are, right? And so then your prayers are as effective as Elijah's prayers. And let me show you why. Go to 2 Corinthians 1. Second Corinthians 1, 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Okay, just read that again. For all the promises of God in him, capital him, he's talking about Jesus, is yes, and in him, Jesus again, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. You see that? He's saying that the yeses and the amens have been done so that he can work through you. And that he who has anointed you is God. You're not anointed because you're something special. You're anointed because you're a child of God, which that's special. But he who hath anointed you to go forth and to be a light that shines in the midst of the darkness is God. That's who's given you the mandate. And all the yeses and the amens going to come through you, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. It says, and you got the Holy Ghost with you as your guarantee of what God said he would do. So, folks, it's time to quit thinking that, you know, we're equipped with just our wit, our ability, our intellect. And it's time to start thinking about who has equipped you, who has put you in, in, in this position. You were born, according to Acts 27, you were born at this time in this season for this purpose. You're alive on the face of this earth to be right now because why? God knew that you had the ability to walk through it and to be able to stand strong. That's pretty wild to me. That God looks at you and says, you know, I called you for a time as this. Now, you know, we all want things to be easy. We all want things to just, you know, rock along. But it didn't. Here we are. So we're going to have to deal with it. Amen? But you're well able. I'm telling you, you are well able. And I believe God is going to take that toggle switch. He's going to flip it on each one of you. Now, come Sunday, we'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll see what happens. I would really just love for the church to, 
I'd love to not be able to seat everybody. I'd love to see it just everything piled up outside and we're all running, scampering, trying to get chairs, trying to get it. And y'all are just having to say, forget about it. We can't listen to pastor preach. We've got to go get chairs for all these people out here that are hungry and going out there and ministering because that's what I've seen in my heart. And I just believe maybe this may be the day that it happens. Okay? That y'all just have to go out there and just take charge. All right? And we'll see what happens. We'll go from there. But... uh that's the plan. I want to stick to it. I had one person tell me that the National Guard was set on alert that they were going to go and, and disassemble. They were going to, they were any, any place that assembled more than 50 people, they were, the, the National Guard was going to come in and break it up. And I thought to myself, that's probably the wrong thing to do. Show up out in the parking lot with army trucks and guns and tell me I can't assemble. That, Coronavirus is deadly, but it ain't as deadly as what might be coming back the other direction, you know. So I just don't believe it'll get to that, especially not when miracles are taking place. Yeah. Or they just drive up and it's like Jesus in the garden, you know, he turns and says, who are you looking for? And they're just all slain in the spirit. You know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, that'll show them. Anyway, you know, my mind's been going all day long just trying to figure everything out. I'm... I want to listen to the radio because I want to see what people are doing, but then I get so discouraged listening to the radio, I just want to turn the thing off and just, just you know, close my eyes and, and just confess the word and go on. But um, anyway, we're going to make it. Amen? We're going to go through this thing. We're going to make it. We're going to ride it out, and we're going to bless people. We're going to help people, and we're going to get on through. I don't know what else to say. You know, that's it. Also, you know, just like I said, it's going to be up to y'all to, 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 to find out what needs to go on. Things that need to be brought to our attention, please bring them to our attention. Things that are going on that we don't know, you know, uh, call us, let us know. Call my wife, call the church, call somebody. Get, get word to us so that we can do whatever we need to do. Amen? Well, let's take up our offering. If you need an envelope, Bill will get you one. One of the things... Everybody needs to put on their prayer list is you really need to be praying for Brother Ivan because this is something that, of course, nobody expected, but what really hit him hard is that churches everywhere canceled him. So he lost like a month of services that is canceled him because uh, they're not holding church. And so, you know, we really need to believe God to do a miracle because that money needs to come in that we take to support the orphanage. The orphanage, it, we just got a, a, a deal from Bethany, and they've locked the orphanage down so that nobody's coming in because there is now a reported case in Guatemala. And so they locked it down so nobody can come in or out. But then, you know, the thing is, is you, can't, you cannot totally, completely, 100% isolate yourself. There still has to be people come in and out, you know. And so, uh, anyway, so, but they need prayer. They need prayer for all that. And so y'all just be lifting them up on top of that. Okay, put your hand on your offering. <clears throat> Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, you're so good to us. Lord, you're always going to be our financier. Through the middle of every, everything going on, through the middle of everything that's taking place, Lord, through the middle of every uh, job, no matter what happens, I just believe for people's jobs, their incomes, their their investments. I believe, Lord, that there, there is going to be no loss in the stock market. I believe, Lord, no matter what it says, what it shows, Lord, I just declare that things are going to turn around, things are going to go back, because you're our financier, Lord. 
You're our financier. And we put our faith and our trust in you, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Brown, is there anything else I need to say or any, anything that you can think of? You know, the other thing is, is that <clears throat> kind of makes me mad is that nobody says anything about what to do if you get the coronavirus. You know, they just all say, stay in your house. We'll stay in your house and what? You know, and uh, but just talking with Dr. Brown just a while ago, you know, when you, you know, if anything was to come upon you, first thing you're going to start doing is praying. You're going to call a friend. You're going to get agreement, all right? Before you panic and run through the house, wringing your hands, saying, oh, I got it, I got it. You know, you're going to want to, you ain't got to want to get the Holy Ghost, right? You're going to want to get the touch of God on it. So call a friend, get in agreement. Call us, get in agreement. Let's know what's going on. But then, you know, the rest of the thing is just common sense that we know. Gargle with hot, hot salt water. Drink plenty of fluids. Get, get rest, you know. Uh, all the things that you know, all the things your mother taught you. Or somebody's mother would have taught you. Guess that's a bad thing to say, but you know. Somebody's mother. If yours didn't. Of course, my mother used to always make me taste, you know, anytime she always, whatever she had was nasty. <laughs> what was that about? They never made de decent tasting medicine in the day when I was a kid. It just was the, that old stuff, what was it called? Paragoric? Is that right? Yeah. Holy moly, that stuff's bad. Yeah? Castro? Well, glory. Well, stand up. Go forth. Lord, I just declare we're going to go forth and be a blessing. I just declare these people are charged and powered by you, anointed by you. It's what you said in, in 2 Corinthians 1.20, we just in 21. They are, have the yes and the amen on their side. I declare they're going to go out there, Lord God. They're going to preach. They're going to declare. I declare that, Lord, that the enemy is trying to worry them about finances, trying to worry them about the future. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I declare we're going to be the lights. We're going to be the ones, Lord, that you're, we're going to laugh at how you pull it off. And, Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.